Every night, thousands of people would just show up, and their advertising budget was zero. They didn't do any advertising at all. And that was, the uh, internet was just, in, actually, it was, I remember at first it was fax machines. And, uh, <clears throat> there was a little bit of email going on back then, but... And uh, But what happened was God was pouring Himself out. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And the Holy Spirit does this from time to time. And in fact, today, right now, in many places, actually in the U.S., it's happening where God's just showing up powerfully and people are getting touched emotionally, physically getting healed. So it's an exciting time to be uh, in the kingdom of God. And, and I was excited because after 16 years, you know, you'd think things would wane a little bit. <laughs> but the place was packed. I mean, it was, there was probably 4,000 people there. It was completely filled up. Uh, uh, the pastors and leaders conference and uh, people from all over the world coming <coughs> to, uh, to get uh, refilled and refreshed. And the uh, core values that we're teaching on this month are the are the things that were foundational in what God poured out and what God is pouring out. I had the honor of setting in a meeting with Bill Johnson, who is a leading a revivalist, a pastor of a church in Reading. Uh, it's where Nick and Chloe uh, Yaros are at his school right now, um, <clears throat> and uh, and C. Peter Wagner, who's one of the most respected uh, uh, authors and Christian. Uh, uh, um, thinkers and teachers <clears throat> um, uh, in the world, uh, and, and it was a small group of people just discussing what God's doing. It was it's called an apostolic roundtable, and there was there was a, really only forty or so people in the room, and so it was really powerful to hear these two leading men of God, along with John or not, and uh, others uh, speaking about <clears throat> you know what God's doing in that literally church. We're we're right there, <laughs> you know. We're we're riding the cusp, as it were, in, in what the Holy Spirit's doing. And, and what we're talking about and our core values are really central to what God is restoring in the earth today. And I love traditional churches. I love uh, uh, histor- history and church history and the things that we've learned over the centuries. I love the Reformation. Some people are calling, matter of fact, C. Peter Wagner, uh, and you can't get more respected than him uh, he and others, he actually didn't coin the phrase, but he's calling what's happening now the Third Reformation, uh, <clears throat> and uh, which is huge. <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about church history. Uh, that the, the entire nature of the church is going to be changed just as it was when Luther and the Reformers, Calvin and Wesley, uh, changed the early Reformers, uh, transformed the church uh, back in the uh, 15 and 1600s. So it's exciting. How many people are excited? How many people are awake? How many people need another cup of coffee? How many people want espresso at the coffee bar? Really? Is that it? Just three? Well, we need more than that to buy the machine, so. (laughs) All right, we started with the Father Heart message. That's really the baseline out of which flows intimacy. I thought Graham did a great job uh, last week teaching on intimacy. And today we're going to be talking about the restoration of emotional, spiritual, and physical wholeness. Um, And uh, next week we'll be talking about extending the kingdom through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And there is a real progression. Graham brought it out last week in a very good way that the Father, the revelation of God as our Father and all of that means uh, really brings about the opportunity, but also um, you just can't avoid 
growing more intimate with God when you see Him as a loving Father rather than a distant judge, uh, that He is uh, someone who wants you to come and sit on His lap and call you Daddy. Uh, that brings about intimacy. But then intimacy opens up in and of itself uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And, and we're called a close relationship with the Father as well as with Jesus, with one another, the Holy Spirit. But that intimacy brings actually demands, in a sense, restoration and healing. And uh, uh, rest, the idea of restoration <clears throat> is a great word. Um, there's actually a verse in Acts that says that Jesus is waiting in heaven until the restoration of all things. And, uh, and the word restoration, you know, if you, if you get an old car and you restore it, it's, it's not like you make it to the way it was when it came off the factory line. Most people that restore cars make them better. You know, they add all kinds of... <laughs> Todd Rare is going, oh yeah, you should see some of Todd's cars. <laughs> you still got that GTO? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> you know, you add chrome, you do special uh, paint jobs and special tires, so it's actually better than it was. And, and God's in the restoration business and God wants to restore us emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And then that leads to uh, restored people, uh, healed people, uh, will extend God's kingdom and will be all about reaching out into the world and sharing what we've received with others. And so all of these values are connected, um, <clears throat> although they're not learned or experienced necessarily in a strict sequence. All right. In other words, you don't like, okay, I got the Father heart, and, and now that I fully understand the Father heart, then I can move into intimacy. You know, now I fully understand intimacy, then I can get some healing. It's more circular or all mixed up that we, as we grow in one, we grow in others, and it's just the, it's the stuff, it's the core, it's kind of like the general ideas that, that are behind or underneath everything that we do and teach and what God's doing throughout the earth. So we're going to look at the restoration value, particularly keying into a verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, or you can just look at that big screen above my head. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I'm going to read it in a whole bunch of different translations. I think it's the only, no, I do turn, I think it's the only verse I use all day. This whole, I don't think I turned any other verses, so we're going to get this one through and through. It says, Now may the God of peace, this is in the New King James, <clears throat> Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the NIV it says, Now may God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the Young's literal translation, where they just translate each word literally in the order it's written, so sometimes they get switched around, but it's pretty good, this one. It says, And the God of the peace Himself sanctify you wholly, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved unblameably in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Amplified says, And may the God of peace Himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane, from profane things, make you pure and wholly consecrated to God, 
And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete, and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, the message says, May God Himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master, Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at this verse and kind of pull out a few... <clears throat> three or four main ideas from it. And really, I'm just giving you an introduction to the uh, restoration value because we're going to take all next month, which is... What is next month? Are you sure? You guys don't sound too sure. What is next month? Okay, we're going to take the whole month of February and every Sunday we're going to kind of delve into... Uh, more specifically, some aspects of how to get restored, okay? How to get our hearts healed up. So I'm just giving you a biblical basis for it and kind of pulling out of this verse that this is something that God does. In fact, the first point is that God, the God of peace, Himself sanctifies you, right? It actually says that the God of peace Himself, personally, He does it, not us. Alright? It doesn't say, now get sanctified so that you can encounter the God of peace. Right? It doesn't say, sanctify yourself. Alright? What does it say? It says, now God's going to sanctify you Himself. Alright? Think about that. If I say, <clears throat> you know, Herman's going to do it himself. Then we all get a little concerned. <laughs> no. I'm going to do it myself. There's an emphasis on the person that's going to accomplish it. Guess what? God, your sanctification is something that God doesn't delegate to somebody else. What does that mean? Do you think God's busy? Think He's got a lot on His plate? What's the biggest company in the world today? Hello? What's the biggest company that you know of? Huh? Exxon. Largest corporation in the world is Walmart. Isn't it? Walmart? But you know Exxon? It's pretty big. (laughs) you think the CEO of that company is busy think the CEO of Exxon's got a lot on his plate come on hello yeah 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 yeah. do you think he knows the name of every person that works for him not a chance do you think he has any interest whatsoever in uh, employee number uh, 8,432 that works in Montana uh, about whether or not that employee's uh, happier or sad or needs new tires. Does he? Let's think about God. Six and a half billion people on the planet. All the stars in the universe. Holds, the Bible says He holds it all together by the word of His power. The very molecules in your body 
the elements that make up the earth, the sun, the energy that keeps the planet spinning all comes from Him. But He Himself is personally interested in making you sanctified. He takes personal interest in your holiness. Is that powerful? That's amazing, God. That's an amazing. That's an amazing truth. All right? We don't have the power to sanctify ourselves. If we're the ones that are broke, we can't fix ourselves. That's the point. But the point is beyond that. Not only has God provided methods or information or even other people to help, but He Himself is the one who sanctifies us. He takes it personally. It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't get accomplished just through a program or a formula that He sticks you in. He personally leads you through it. He's involved. You have to believe this, you see? You can't just listen to me say it. You have to believe it on Tuesday afternoon when you get chewed out from your boss or you have a conflict with your spouse or your kids are being you know, rebellious or you feel depressed. You have to believe that God is personally involved in making you whole. All right? He's interested. <clears throat> and it's the God of peace who sanctifies us. Everybody say peace. Say it like a hippie. Peace, man. Peace, baby. Peace. Peace. What's that stand for? Love, togetherness. Peace, love, togetherness. Power to the people. I don't know, man. We got to liven these people. We got to put more caffeine in the coffee. Come on. It's the God of peace who sanctifies us. It's not the God of conflict who confronts us. It's not the God of war. You know, He is a God of conflict. Jesus is called a man of war. Alright? He has that in Him. Alright? There is wrath that God has. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Almighty God. Alright? But what sanctifies us, the aspect of God's character that sanctifies us, is the God of peace. His peace comes to change us so that we can be at peace with Him. Alright? Sanctification is the process of transforming you, transforming me, transforming us, so that we can be at peace. And so it's the God of peace who comes personally to be involved. Not confrontationally, although sometimes it can involve confrontation. Uh, you know, But the goal and the uh, the the, the Aim is so that we can live at peace with ourselves, with others, and most importantly, with Him. That's the fruit of it. Let me just talk. It doesn't make any sense if we don't know what the word sanctify means. Because that's what He's about. It means to render or acknowledge to be venerable or hollow. Not hollow as in empty, but hallowed as in uh, holy. Something separate from profane things and dedicated to God. Okay, uh, so you, it, it involves two aspects. Sanctification involves two aspects. It's being removed or set apart from things that are unwholesome, destructive, and evil, and at the same time set unto or presented to 
God who is holy and pure, where there is no evil, there's no darkness, there's no there's no you know, mix. Alright? And so the removing from what is profane or destructive, sinful, dirty, and moving unto uh, the holy of holies, someone who's pure and clean and in every way wholesome. It means to purify, to cleanse externally, uh, but also to cleanse internally by the renewing of our soul. One commentator puts it this way. He says, May He sanctify you to the end and to the uttermost, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so may grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what God is personally involved in you, in your life, in my life. That's the process that God is taking us on. Alright? Now, <clears throat> to say that it's God who does it, says that may the God of peace sanctify us, is very true. We have to understand only God can sanctify us. We're broke. We can't fix ourselves. Nevertheless, we don't want to miss the context of this verse, all right? This doesn't mean that you just hop on the train, you sit down, and God will take you wherever He takes you, and if you end up uh, holy, great, and if you end up not holy, then it must be God's fault. Because if you look at the verses preceding it, there's a whole bunch of other things that leads up to this, all right? So we're just going to look at the context real quickly. 1 Thessalonians 5, we'll start in verse 16. You can actually start... It's like the rest of the Bible, but... <laughs> but we'll just start in verse 16. Because there's a progression. It says, rejoice always. Uh, it doesn't say God's going to rejoice for you. Although God is rejoicing. He rejoices over you with singing, it says. Uh, but here's the command. You've got to rejoice. You have to pray without ceasing. That means don't stop praying. All right? And everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whatever you're going through, give thanks. Find a way to thank God. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't put out the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Alright? People can do that. They do it subtly. They don't realize it. Don't despise prophecies. Don't think they're not important. Keep them in the right place. Test all things. Be careful. Hold fast to what is good. Verse 22. Somebody read it out loud. What are we supposed to do? How's that going? <laughs> See, even abstaining from evil will not sanctify you. Alright? From this point on, if I did no sin at all, I would still be a sinner worthy of hell. Okay? Because of the sin I've already done. I was thinking about this earlier this week, that we're all born DOA. What's DOA mean? Because of our sin nature. Alright? So we need to abstain from every form of evil. Anything that's even close to being evil, you need to avoid it. Alright? If you don't do all these other things, you're not going to be positioned in the place where God can sanctify you. Okay? Where you can get from God what only He can do. Because He can actually reach in there and make me whole. Alright? But if I keep going out and flirting with the world... And, and, and indulging in evil things and not being thankful and not rejoicing and, and quenching the Holy Spirit and despising prophecies, no matter what God does, I'm still going to be all mixed up. 
and so many Christians. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Your heart can grow cold and you can lose it. I've got to get to this next point, which is the main point of my whole sermon. <laughs> it says, He's going to make you holy and whole. And it's really interesting. It says, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. And there's two different words there. Um, <clears throat> one word says, may the God of peace sanctify you wholly in one translation or entirely, the first word. And then the, and then the second word is, is often translated the same as whole or complete. Um, but there's two different Greek words. One is, um, it means complete to the end. All right. May, may the God of peace sanctify you wholly or complete to the end. All right? So all the way, right to the end until Jesus comes back. And the second word, and your spirit, soul, body be preserved complete. Or in another translation, and may your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved. Uh, it means complete in every part. Okay? So it's, it's complete or perfect up to the very end. He's not going to do it for a while and stop. But it also means complete in every way or to every end. All right. So all the different parts of you, God's purpose is to sanctify all of them. All right. All until Jesus comes. And from now until then, he's in the process of sanctifying us. And he's going to find all of us that needs to be made whole and sanctified. That's good, all right? You may not think that's good, but that's really good because he doesn't want it. It's like cancer. Any, any little cancer left in there, what happens? It spreads and it ends up killing you, all right? And God promises to complete it to the very end and to complete it in every part, all right? And then it talks about spirit, soul, and body. And this is why I wanted to explain because a lot of people misunderstand this because uh, it's hard to understand. <laughs> All right. Does that make sense? All right. You guys don't get it. <laughs> um, and so there's three distinct yet interconnected and interrelated aspects of a human person. The first word uh, may be sanctified in your spirit, which is actually the Greek word pneuma. And you know what that means? Literally? A breath, right? Just a wind. All right, uh, a current of air, <clears throat> a breeze, and it is used uh, figuratively of a spirit, a rational soul, vital principle, mental disposition, or it's also the very word used for angels, demons, and of God. God is spirit. He who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And the Holy Spirit, it's the holy wind. All right, it's a breath, demonics. Influences are often manifest by spirits, <clears throat> uh, literal, literal gusts of wind. And, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, it's like, what does that mean? I don't really know. But the Bible says it's a wind. It's a breeze. There's a spirit. It's an invisible yet very real uh, essence or being. You have a spirit within you. All right? You have a, a breath within you. The other word is soul. Uh, which is the Greek, I mean, you can spell it different ways, from which we get psyche, <coughs> uh, which has to do with um, um, 
uh, the animal sentient principle distinguished from the spirit, uh, which is rational and immortal, uh, and the other form, which is just vitality or life. It's the word from which we get psychology, okay? Psyche, which is our soul. It has to do with our soul, our natural, mental, psychological uh, being, which is actually distinct yet interrelated with our spirit nature. All right? And then the third one, which is kind of the easiest one to get a hold of because it's uh, uh, practical, which is uh, the Greek word soma, which basically just means flesh. Everybody grab your left arm. That's your flesh. Shake it. All right? Slap yourself in the face. <laughs> All right? So there's three aspects, but they're interrelated. And some people get real hyper about what spirit, what soul, what's body. But you know what? It's all mixed up together. All right? Because that's who we are. Um, one commentator puts it this way, <clears throat> speaking of these three. Uh, this is, again, a guy who lived about 100, 150 years ago. He says he believes it refers simply to the fact that the creature called man or human is a compound being consisting of a body which is an organized system formed by the creative energy of God uh, out of the dust of the earth, composed of bones, muscles, nerves, arteries, veins, and all the other stuff, fluids. Um, Oops, wrong way. Then there's the soul, which is the seat of affections and passions, of love, hatred, sensations, appetites, and propensities of different kinds. And then there's the spirit, which is the immortal principle the source of life to the body and the soul, without which the animal functions cannot be performed, um, how perfect soever the bodily organs may be. In other words, when the spirit leaves the body, it doesn't matter how good your soul or body is. If the spirit's not there, the body dies. All right, It's the part that lives on. The part that some of us is soulish doesn't live on. Okay, <clears throat> And over the years, actually... We all know about the body. Our body's in different shapes. A lot of people think Christianity only has to do with the soul. All right? Uh, but it doesn't only have to do with the soul. Christianity has to do with all three. Because God wants to sanctify, make you holy, separate in spirit, soul, and body. He wants your body sanctified. Because you know why? Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells within us. The Holy Spirit's not our spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to live in our body along with our soul and our spirit nature to make us holy like Him. All right? So it involves sanctification of all three aspects of our being. And they're interrelated. And one thing that's important to understand is that any, any element of life, whether it be a sin or a strength, Say you have a particular character strength. You're a diligent person. You're a hard worker. That's a strength. That's a good thing. Well, is that a spirit thing, a soul thing, or a body thing? Yes. You know? It's all three. Uh, Because the soul is involved in it, and the spirit's involved in it, and the body's... Sin, though, also, if you're dealing with sin in your life, there's a physical element to it that has to do with just your physical body. There's a soulish element to it. There's some psychology involved. There's something in your psyche that may not be balanced or quite right. There's something in there. 
and there's something in your spirit that's not right. There's a spiritual truth or reality or your spirit's dead. You haven't been born again in spirit, all right? Uh, maybe it's dead or maybe you're just living on soul power. But soul is selfish, all right? Self-oriented. And so a wise person uh, learns to differentiate between, okay, is this a body? How, how, what, what do I need to do physically? Some, you get depressed, sometimes you need to just get start exercising. I don't feel like exercising. I know, it's the point, you know? <laughs> get out there, get those... Uh, endorphins flow and you'll feel better and maybe there's some uh stuff you're thinking or feeling that's not right maybe you need some psychology I, you know maybe just even secular psychology can help a lot in some things you know but then there's a spiritual element at all as well and god wants to sanctify all three parts but listen the only part that gets to heaven is your spirit and then you get a new body rock on how many want a new one? Okay. Everybody older than 25. <laughs> it's going to be better, too. Okay. Hebrews, I, I, there's a second verse. Hebrews 4.11. We'll close with this. It says, this is the same idea in a different place. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience which is the example he gave in the preceding verses of the Israelites. It says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. What, What can come in and determine what's spirit and what's soul? I only know one thing. It's the Word of God. We call it the Bible around here. It can It can reach in there. And it can cut. That's a soul issue. That's a spirit issue. And it can give life. That's why you need to read your Bible once a year. Every day. You need to read it every day. You need to think about it all the time. And you need to obey it. Or else you'll end up dead. Okay? True. All right. God of peace wants you to do that because He wants you at peace with Him. <clears throat> okay, conclusion is the point is uh, that God wants to personally be involved in sanctifying all of us so that we're really whole. And no matter where your problem or difficulty lies, God has the power to make it right. All right? God wants to do this, and He takes personal interest in you being made whole. And I've gone over, so Adam's going to come up and do the rest of the service. Sorry about that, Adam. (laughs) Right. Got some announcements to go over. First of all, I want to welcome all our guests. Thank you for choosing New Day today. We're happy that you joined us. If you'd like to uh, look at your bulletin, there's a connection card that you can tear out. If you fill that out uh, for all our guests and bring that to our connection counter in the back there, we have a gift for you. So please do check that out. All right, we have a few announcements. The snow is melting outside a little bit. Getting excited for the camp out in August, right? 
Today is actually, I believe this is the last day for sign-ups for the uh, the camp out. Um, that's going to be on the 13th through the 15th in August. It's only $54. It's uh, the annual New Day trip. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I encourage everybody to sign up. I'm signed up. I'm going. It's going to be great. We have church out there. And uh, last year, it was, it was a really great service. <laughs> I got a lot out of that service. <laughs> Uh, coming up also on uh, February 7th, uh, we have an exploring membership meeting for everyone that is interested in finding more about uh, what we stand for as a church, what we're all about. If you're not yet a member, this meeting's for you. Coming to the meeting is not committing to be a member. It's just finding out more. So please do come if you're at all interested. That's after second service, and uh, lunch and child care will be provided. So sign up on the connection card for that as well.